Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports and other things. I'm Joe Favorito, flying solo today as my co-host Tom Richardson is off on vacation. Uh, and we're going to be joined by a new member of the Columbia University family, uh, Tom Cerny, joined us recently from the New York Jets. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about his experiences in sports business, a little bit of his background, kind of what he's seen in the industry coming up, uh, and uh, some other topics I'm sure that we'll get to. So, Tom, welcome. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. We uh, missed you last week while you were on vacation. Yep. So, you know, we've had um, our other producers, and I should mention that Tom is the producer of the Cusp show now, taking over from Maurice Eisenman. Um, we've had Maurice on. We had uh, James Appel on several times, who was our engineer originally is now working for Perform Group. Uh, so, Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your journey to Columbia from the other side of the river working for the Jets and, and kind of how you got here? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yep, so I went to SUNY Plattsburgh, um, the, the great north way, uh, the last stop before you hit Montreal and Canada. And then I went to Adelphi University uh, where I joined their master's program in sports management. I graduated from there in 2010. Um, from there, I worked for a company at TAG Worldwide, where I helped rebrand Hilton Hotels and Resorts, where basically I was in charge of hotels from North Carolina down through Texas um, and really helped them kind of stay on brand. So if you went into a Hilton hotel in North Carolina or you went, went into one in Shanghai, they would be along the same brand guidelines. Um, so that was a large undertaking. I was there for about four years um, before I jumped over to the New York Jets there as a marketing coordinator uh, and then eventually a marketing manager and I really can't say enough great things about the New York Jets and the different projects I got to work on. I mean there's something special about working on a game day of 80,000 fans standing up and doing the Jets chant you know so I got to stay there for four years. I uh, worked on things like training camp, uh, Jets house where we got to really take over a restaurant in New York City um, for a full weekend, it would usually happen during Super Bowl weekend is when it started, back when the Super Bowl was in New York. Um, and then we switched it over to Pro Bowl weekend for the last couple of years, and we really just take over a whole restaurant, make it Jets-themed, and invite all of our fans out there. I also worked on the media side for the Jets, so I built, I built the media buys, um, you know, everything from out of home to online, um, things like that. So I really got to get the whole scope of the sports industry um, with the New York Jets before joining uh, Columbia University. You know, I, uh, I was approached by LJ and Scott and really given the opportunity um, to learn from two of the best in academia and, and Columbia University being an Ivy League institution was, was kind of a no-brainer as my uh, next step. So, but what was the transition? First of all, I had to say I'm a Hilton Honors member, so thank you very much for making that kind of ubiquitous <laughs> uh, brand build for us. Um, but, but how did you go, take us through Plattsburgh to the Hilton, to the Jets. And then I want to talk a little bit about the branding and the marketing of the Jets. Cause we've had Neil Glad on a previous podcast. Um, how did, how did those steps come about and, and what were the qualities that people looked for from moving from, you know, trying to figure out whether you were going to be in law school, um, playing lacrosse in college to, uh, ending up at Hilton and then eventually getting to the Jets, which doesn't seem like it's a straight transition, but you know maybe you can walk us through how it happened. Well, I think I think from step one is just you have to be a doer. You have to you know all hands on deck. No task is too small or too large. 
Um, and that's kind of how I approach everything. I'm not above anything. So, you know, I'll never, I kind of go by the lines of never ask somebody to do something that you haven't done yourself or, or wouldn't do. So really going from tag worldwide, which is really just a brand setting, right? And I kind of caught my niche of, of kind of going through working on, um, you know, the different things that the hotel needs and really branding and having a keen eye to sensibilities of different, you know, different hotels throughout different areas and different parts of the United States, right? So if you're in, you're in Kentucky, you have a different need than a hotel in Texas. Um, so really having that, that eye for specific things that they're asking you for and, you know, not letting small details fall through the cracks. Um, and then actually how I got to the New York Jets, right? I, so I had, you know, my sports management degree kind of in my, in my back pocket. And I knew that I kind of had to grind it out for a couple of years in, um, you know, with kind of the media uh, agency background. Um, so really grinding it out. And it was actually my old client from Hilton um, had a friend of a friend that was at the New York Jets. Um, I went and I had, you know, a, a drink with her, chatted with her and kind of just discussed different opportunities. Um, she's like, you know, any way I can help. And it was kind of, uh, it was fate because about two to three weeks later, a New York Jets job opened uh, for a marketing coordinator. I applied and, you know, I went through the process and, and I guess they chose me. I was the lucky one out of, uh, I think there are a couple thousand applicants, my boss eventually told me, uh, once I got in there and got my feet wet at the Jets. Did they, did they give you any kind of indication, Tom, as to what set you apart from, from the other 999? I, you know what, I, I think it was just my willingness to kind of go in there and, and learn, um, basically being, being, being able to be molded, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, you go in there, you, I kind of, I positioned it as, you know, I'm, I'm still a little bit green. Yes. I had, you know, the tag worldwide and then the rebranding focus behind me. So I had that, you know, the eye for the detail, if you will, everything's in the details. Um, and I kind of just told my story of tag worldwide and being able to, you know, hold a brand so tight, uh, that I did with Hilton and kind of how I could carry that over to the New York Jets and, you know, be willing to learn and, and, you know, last week um, we had Matt Restuvo in from from uh, the Action Network, and I thought he said something that was really great. It's like you kind of try to fill the white space or the voids in a company to make mm-hmm. your name, you know, to get your name out there, and I couldn't agree with him more. Um, I think that is huge, uh, just being able to kind of pick up, right? So I was in marketing, marketing media, right, from New York Jets, communications, but every event I was there, and it was all hands on deck from setting up to breaking down um, to really being able to just, just at being there and having my face and, you know, my skills um, at every event that we had and really kind of jumping on any possible choice or any, any chance I got. Cool. And I, I think, you know, as we've talked about on um, several of the other podcasts, the value of showing up and networking obviously is important. Uh, but let's talk yeah. about the Jets for a couple of minutes. Um, sure. Definitely more of the disruptive brand when you look at NFL teams in New York. Um, the yep. Giants probably do more things kind of along the lines of traditional. Jets are always looking to non-traditional. How did that appeal to you? And when you were on the marketing side working at the Jets, um, did it give you more freedom to kind of exploit opportunities? And what were some of those, expl- in addition to the ones you talked about with Jets House, what were some of the other ones that you think are that the Jets started and are continuing to do now? Yeah, I think um, 
kind of one of the things that we got to do is, yeah, we were ex- absolutely exploratory. Um, two years ago, um, you know, everyone hears the media, the media out there, and they thought we were going to be the worst team in football. So, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you're, you're battling an uphill battle, you know, from the start. So what we did is we, we, we got innovative. We, um, we created a ticket where basically it was called, it was called the boarding pass. Um, and really what we did is it, it kind of hit towards millennials. What we tried to do was you would get a different seat in every game. So you get, it's a season ticket, it's a season pass, uh, completely mobile. So what we were trying to do is attract some millennials to come to the stadium. And what we did is, you know, mobile pass. So by the time you got to the gates or you got into the parking lot on Sunday morning, uh, you'd get a, a text message that would tell you where your seat was. So it was kind of a different approach to a ticketing that hasn't been seen in the NFL. And we got to really, I got to launch that. I got to build a media plan behind it. Um, it was, it was successful. I think, um, you know, again, wins and losses dictates your job. It was a good experience launching something like that. Um, and I think that's where it's, it, it kind of has to go. I mean, you see the Yankees doing things like, uh, what do they call it? The Aaron Judge, uh, Judge's Chambers, right? Uh, right. So like that, those are mm-hmm. something that's you know it, it's kind of a it's kind of a battle to get millennials into the stadium and really enjoy it for a season long or a game or things like that because everything's at your fingertips now. So I think that's kind of the biggest battle for all of um, you know, all of sports is getting people kind of into getting their butts in their seats, if you will. Hmm. Um. And when you look at the NFL overall, um, mm-hmm. from the eyes of it, working in the marketing side of the Jets, um, impressed, thinks think that can change, and I'm not talking about concussions or anything, but what are some of the things <laughs> as a team that you think the NFL uh, does a good job marketing market to market? Well, I think um, it's it's the shield, right? We always talk about the NFL shield and, and being part of that. Um I, I think they do a great job of marketing teams to teams matchups, um, but it, but again, it's all about the, the team equity and not really the, the players themselves. I mean, you'll get the top tier guys, um, you know, that you'll see on the NFL Network and see on ESPN talking about every day. But yeah, I just think the the product on the field um, just keeps getting better. Viewerships, um, new fans. I think there's a big shift, or there was there's a continuing shift of of fans kind of being more acquainted with players instead of teams, mm-hmm. which I think, yep. which I think the NFL is trying to um, adjust to a little bit um, because for so long, they're so used to fans just say, the Jets are my team, the Giants are my team right now. You can have a Jets fan who has Odell Beckham Jr. on their, on their team, on their fantasy team. Right. And they're going to be tuned into what Odell Beckham Jr. is doing instead of kind of, alongside with what the Jets are doing. Maybe a little back and forth um, between the channels, but you'll you kind of see that shift of mm-hmm. a little bit where the NBA has kind of stayed ahead of that curve, right? They do such a great job of marketing their individual players and their faces. Um, obviously, they don't have helmets on and things like that. There are some hurdles that you take uh, from a football standpoint, but I think, you know, the NBA staying ahead of, ahead of the curve uh, I think the NFL can learn a lot from them. Cool. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit to your present role, recently taken mm-hmm. over in May, correct? You started in May or in May? In May. May 1st, yep. Um, brand new role, 
uh, helping out L.J. Holmgren, uh, who is mm-hmm. now on maternity leave for the summer. So everything's been dumped upon your plate for the summer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, brought in with Scott. Obviously, Scott, relatively new, brought in in January to kind of uh, reinvigorate the Columbia program, which obviously was doing very well. Talk a little bit about your role kind of your interaction with students so far, what you've seen, and what are some of the skills that you brought from the Jets that really kind of play into this new role, uh, an administrative role, but a vital role in helping the Columbia program grow? Yeah, so I um, I interact with students probably a lot more than kind of other people would. Um, that's kind of my main function, to make sure that they're, you know, checking that they're all um, signed up for classes, um, you know, just a lot of administrative duties, which just ties into kind of the attention to detail that you need to have, Um, right? But also thinking long-term and working on the strategy of uh, Columbia University. I think my background, I mean, I was, you know, from the rebranding to the Jets, it gives students a different light of kind of how you can go about your way to find your career and your footing. So just kind of tell them from my experience, but also listen to the students themselves. Um, Everyone has a different story. Um, and you have to be, you know, open to that and, and give them time to listen to them and talk to them. And if, if they want your advice, I'm more than happy to give it. But, you know, it, it's really up to them to kind of figure it out and, and let us, you know, help you to the best uh, of, of, of your ability, of their ability. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Rosner in a couple uh, podcasts mm-hmm. ago talked about what he looks for in students. Um, with the incoming class now, uh, and obviously some of the recruiting going on and some of the people inquiring. When when students call you or you come across them, and they say, you know, what, what do I need to do this? Obviously it's a lot more than just kind of what's on a resume or on a transcript. Uh, what are some of the things now you being in the workforce for several years with two big brands, the Jets and Hilton, uh, what are some of the things that, that you think – uh, students should have if they want to apply or move on. And plus, you've also graduated from a graduate program um, in sports management. So how, what are the factors that you think go into that that you could kind of share with people? Yeah, totally. I think um, kind of the things, the skills that you need is, again, I keep going back to this, and I actually probably would credit my high school lacrosse coach and uh, attention to detail um, and being willing to kind of go out there and, and go against, the grain a little bit, right? I think that's important. Think outside the box. Um, you know, when you're in the classroom and, and, you know, you're hearing from some of our great professors that we have, I think it's just important to always challenge yourself, challenge, you know, not challenge the professors, but, you know, see what they think, pick their brain. They're there for you. Um, and I think it's just important to be able to you know, have an open dialogue with people. And, and like you said, and we touched on a little bit earlier, is is kind of your, your network, right? Building your network a little bit. And it, that doesn't mean kind of going into a room and, and sharing your business card to everybody you speak to. Um, but, you know, I, I always see it as if you give one or two business, meaningful business cards out to somebody, I think that goes a longer way. Um, you know, sitting down, speaking to somebody for 15, 20 minutes, just on the side and, and getting to really know them, that means a lot more than kind of running around a room and handing out your business card. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and your experience so far at Columbia, we should touch on that. Um, you kind of, guys yeah, kind of got I mean, your own little office space there on in Lewis and Hall, but 
Um, what's it been like in that transition? And is it what you expected? You know, what have been some of the surprises coming from an organization like the Jets to Columbia? Other than winning football, obviously. So. Right, right. Um, I think just taking an administrative role, um, it's a little bit different. I think the pace of play, if you will, is a little bit slower. Um, but you always have to kind of kind of grind out a little bit and look for opportunities, look for ways that you can can get involved also at the university as well. Um, but administratively, I think, you know, it's, it's very different than the Jets, right? I'm not, I'm not in charge of a, uh, a large media buy or anything like that, but I'm in charge, how I look at it is I'm in charge of students' futures. And I have to put my best effort uh, every day when I come in here um, because to make sure that the students are getting, you know, what they deserve and before they walk out of here and, and join the workforce. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the people that, that you, you touched on your high school coach, um, some of the people that have mentored you and the people that you've learned the most from, be it in, as an undergraduate, as an athlete, um, at Adelphi, mm-hmm. or with you know companies like Hilton and the Jets? Who are some of the people that have helped you uh, as a mentor along the way? Yes, I have a, you know, my, my, all my coaches I have to give credit to, right? It kind of gives you a, a type of structure. Um, throughout your life, whether it's time management, which is huge, um, right? You don't want to be sitting at your desk when you're 30 years old, wasting the days away. Um, so just being able to to draft out your days, and if if you got to look at my calendar, I I don't want to say I I time it down to the minute, but I I try to lay my day out pretty accordingly, um, based on kind of what are the the tasks I have at hand. My my old boss, Kristen Connolly, um, who was at the New York Jets. Um, she is definitely one of my largest mentors that that I have right now um, and, and will have for, you know, the future moving forward. She works at Activision now uh, out on out on the West Coast. So she got into eSports after she left the Jets. And then also from Hilton, um, I met Armin Lavasser, who actually put me in contact with a friend at the Jets. Um, and, you know, he just taught me, you know, it was kind of my first real gig, and he just taught me a lot about, you know, the professional route and, and what it means to really build relationships with people. So he's, he's definitely one of them. A lot of people that I, left, I met at the Jets, um, I feel like I could, you know, pick up the phone today and call them and talk with them, um, you know, and, and they'll give me the, the right direction if I have any questions. And, and I hope, you know, they feel the same way. I think, I think it's important when you, when you leave a job, to keep those contacts, um, you know, you hear people and the, the, the term burning bridges, and that's, that's something that, you know, you never want to do and just keep contacts, um, just have an open mind and always, you know, keep uh, conversations going even, even when you walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, um, the questions we always ask people, and you've touched on some of the, a lot of the advice actually for students, but how do you stay up to date with everything going on in the sports business industry and, um, you know, as students kind of come in, you know, is there any other information that you give them or advice that you'd give people looking to kind of get a leg up, whether it's in Columbia or in the job world? Yeah. Well, Joe, I follow you on Twitter. So that's how I stay current. Um, There's mistake number one. um, And you know what? I I, I read books. Um, You know, I, I take the train in every morning. So it gives me a nice hour to kind of, to read right now, I'm reading a book, Friction, which is about uh, media and yeah. how a lot of companies are kind of doing it wrong in a way. Um, so that's kind of eye-opening. 
So I'm about halfway through that. And yeah, just kind of really, I'm getting more into, I was kind of one of those people that if I had a minute, I was on Instagram. Um, I think now I've shifted a complete 180 to being on Twitter. And Hmm. I think it's important to follow people that'll give you information. I think it's an important, vital tool that you can use. It's right. Everyone knows it's free and you can read articles and and see all the different things that are going on in sports business. It's a great book, Mark. Uh, and then on the advice side, you've touched about, you know, staying hungry and doing the little things. Anything else you could think of that you want to pass on to people who are probably coming into the program, maybe just starting or have been around for a while? Yeah, I mean, besides, like like I, I mentioned probably 10 times, uh, but I also think, you know, for students coming in, look beyond the stick and ball, um, right? So I worked at the New York Jets. I worked you know, for a branding company, I just think it's important and how large the landscape of the sports world is. Um, I think it's tr- there are truly great opportunities out there for, uh, you know, young adults um, kind of going into the workforce that, yes, the glamour and the lights are in the kind of stick and ball, the New York Jets, the NFL, the NBA, um, and kind of digging deeper in it basically every day and learning something new. Um, about the sports industry and different companies that all touch different brands, um, you know, across the landscape is just, you know, kind of doing your homework and and realizing how, how grand of a, of a scheme sports is. Cool. And then lastly, the, how do people find you? Uh, You said you're on Twitter now, um, especially for those looking for more information about the program over the summer and, and into the fall. So, so how do they find you, Tom? Um, you can email me at tc2941 at columbia.edu. And you can find me on Twitter, although I'm not a big, I don't tweet myself too often, but you'll get a couple of retweets and likes of things that I'm reading. At, so it's at Tom underscore Cerny, C-E-R-N-Y, one nine. Cool. So, again, this was the Columbia University Sports Podcast. We've been talking to Tom Cerny the newly appointed, newly minted Associate Director of Administration for the Sports Management Program at Columbia. Uh, It's nice that you've made the trek back down south from Plattsburgh back to the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Uh, It's a pleasure having you on board. And I'm sure people are going to hear some cameos uh, from you as we kind of go along with the podcast. But once again, Tom, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Once again, this is The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Favorito flying solo this week for my co-host Tom Richardson. We'll see you down the line. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.